You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode four of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our preview of round one of the 2023 season. That's right. We are here. Uh, This episode is brought to you by Jersey Creativity. Clearly some teams have it and some teams do not. Uh, No, no. um, Actually brought to you by the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. Without you guys, we would not continuing to be doing this and or speaking correct sentences. But I am uh, thankful for you all every day. Thanks for those of you who are subscribing again, re-upping, who have continued on. Uh, I've got some information out there. We'll go over more later in the show. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my partner in fantasy, Mr. Blaine Riffle. We'd also like to welcome our special guest, Christian Ward, a.k.a. Crossward, not Crosshair, as I first put in the rundown, uh, from the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord, one of our amazing admins. How are you all doing tonight? I'm good. Great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. Excited to have you, even though... Uh, Reynoso is still missing. Glad that you can still be here to represent mm-hmm. on the show. And uh, while we might like to say that Ashley is out there trying to help get that sorted out for you all, probably not. She's actually on vacation with her family, living it up in uh, an amusement park uh, that kind of one of those Disney type places. Uh, so she will be back next week. Super bummed that she missed both the Western Conference episode and round one, but she will be eager to share her team's uh, online as soon as she can. Uh, hello, everyone who is in chat with us. For those of you joining us for the first time, either live or listening to the show, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we do this every week to kind of help give tips and tricks, maybe, for what you can use as you're crafting your fantasy team of the week for that round. And of course, we're going to start things out this episode with just some general game updates because the game is live with hope you've been able to read the article that Skylar put out uh, just highlighting some of the features of the game not much is different for those of you who've been playing for a while uh, those of you who are new uh, maybe this is all new for you or you've been back after a little little break uh, there is only one big change big change eh, kind of a small change but Uh, The classic double game week scoring is back. Last year, we had uh, the players on a double would get the highest point of the game. That is gone. It is back to the good old-fashioned two games, double points. Uh, Add your points together. So two games worth of points on a double game week for those players. So big, big points, big, big captain options. Uh, It's going to be very fun. Other than that, $10,000 in prizes. Uh, the highest score each round wins a kit, uh, which would be very, very cool. And also the Fantasy Champions League is back with $500 going to the first place. And again, those of you who are new, the Champions League, the season is divided up into four segments where the top 50 teams can qualify each of those segments for the Fantasy Champions League, the last bit of the season where you can just have a chance to win four prizes on top of what you may already be in the running for. And of course, uh, even though we are in no way affiliated or sponsored or getting any kind of money whatsoever from, we will go ahead and plug that you can watch all the games on Apple TV with MLS Season Pass. I have it. I don't know if you two scrubs have it. I know Ashley has it because she's a season ticket holder, Uh, but it's there. And with hope, it will be 
uh, making it a lot easier for those of us to uh, tune into games who sometimes have trouble doing that. You guys have season pass? Absolutely. Not yet. Not yet, but he's going to get it. Going to get it. Good. Okay, I'll sound really bad. Uh, my mom and I are planning on sharing <clears throat> one, and I'm waiting to get credentials from her. You don't say that on a podcast. It's on a niche, fairly well-trafficked at times podcast that sometimes famous people listen to. Who, Apple who has their family plan thing in there. That's right. That's I suppose right. if it's a family plan, sure. That is true. No, very true. We we were too quick to judge. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. I already told you guys, if you're new, we're going to be giving you tips and this kind of general chit chat each week. Uh, but as I said, there is uh, fantasy prizes, but also here with the MLS Fantasy Boss family of leagues we have our own prizes where it's i'm, I'm not ten thousand, but i usually give out around six hundred dollars worth of prizes between the various leagues that we have out there to to the winners um if you want to head over to the discord or over to the reddit which is going to come back soon that information is being posted we have our discord leagues we have our patreon exclusive leagues uh, we also have the pro rel league system that i that i do manage and there are various entry points and to get into all of those so uh discord is probably the most easily accessible for most people and then we have our patreon supporters exclusives and then we have some other leagues including the host mls fantasy insider hosts invitational uh which is is always a good time and there may be something special i'm working on this year associated with that for those of you who uh get an invite to that special one i'm trying to get weedy back as well he uh he cheaped out on us last year but, <laughs> but he is going to come back but I mentioned the Pro Rail League, and I've been getting a lot of messages about that, and so I want to make sure I cover that again here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I sent out all the invitations through email for the Pro Rail League. We have five divisions, which is one more than last year based on popular demand. Uh, the fifth division is the new waitlist league, so we added a, a fourth actually competitive league. And I've sent out all the invitations for those leagues. Now, if you have not gotten an email, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to track the emails as well as I had hoped last season. And so I did miss some people. Another uh, again, I did open up 50 more spots this year. So don't fret. If you did not get the email, you can ping me and, and we can see what, what happened. But if I have not heard back from individuals, if they have not responded, uh, they were sent a, a Google doc to put give me their email so I can be in touch easier next year. But if people have not accepted their invitations by tomorrow, I am going to start opening up the leagues to uh, the general public, the yeah, quote unquote general public, uh, because the wait list was already loaded in. So if you were on the wait list last year, you should have already gotten an email. Now, it's gonna not going to be a first come first serve. Uh, everyone who is in our $10 tier at as a Patreon supporter, you will get first dibs on joining the leagues. And we're going to start at the top and just work my way down until, until they get filled up. Uh, after our $10 tier has a, a fair shot to get into it, haven't decided exactly how much time yet, then the rest of our Patreon supporters for the MLS Fantasy Insider will have second shot at filling up any of the vacant slots that are still left in the Pro Rel Leagues. After the Patreon has a good shot at it, then I'm going to post the links in our Discord community and let Discord go from there. I expect that will fill them up, but if there are still spots open, I will then post it on Twitter. So I know I get a lot of messages with people asking, hey, can I get into the Pro Rel League? This is how you get into the Pro Rel League. So I'm not going to let anybody else in just for messages. It's going to be our $10 patrons, the rest of our patrons, 
and then it's going to be the Discord community and then Twitter if there's anything still left after that. So it uh, perks at the different levels and trying to take care of the people who do help with the show. So I expect there to be spots open because I have not gotten them all filled up yet. We have 150 spots total. And then everybody else, I will post the waitlist league as just the general collect all. And that will serve as the, the place where I will go to next year when I start filling up the spots. So that is the way the, the pro rel is going. I'm glad people are enjoying it. It's It's been fun. Uh, it's been kind of intense for Blaine and Ashley as well. So uh, we'll see where everybody lands <clears throat> this week or this this year. One more piece of update that I think it's important for us to cover at the beginning of the show. Blaine brought this up last week or so ago, and it's it's a very good topic. Uh, before we move on to our housekeeping, play styles is something we're going to cover right now, maybe another follow-up video, but there's the classic question, Blaine, of value versus max points. What kind of information can you give to our new listeners or some returning listeners as we start building our teams? Yeah, so the Discord community is kind of divided on this. There's several elite players that just play the game like you play it every every week go for your points take the best point producers and let them raise your team value accordingly others of us and i'm one of these like to hedge our bets early in the season and try to build some value quickly we may leave a few points on the table but we're looking to build our overall team budget as quickly as possible and hope to get an edge a little bit later down the season with that um now, with Champions League and qualification, certain people, and I'm not one of these but because I like to play full season, but certain people will actually kind of sacrifice the entire first round of qualifying looking just for price rises so that when they hit that first week of the second round of qualifying, they have got such a value edge over everybody else that they can kind of tear through that one and then hope to qualify with those advantages. Um, I'm seeing in chat, people are going, why not both? Why not both? Yeah, you can do both. And taking the best players will help you build value. But one of the things to consider, and we don't have fully accurate math, but you kind of need to hit that two thirds of your price point in points in order to not lose value in these fir first weeks. So a popular pick this week is going to be Driussi opening at home against St. Louis. He's at 9 million. He needs to hit at least six or seven points just to, to not lose value. He needs to hit 8, 10, 12 points to start looking at a price increase. And that 12 to 15 range may be needed to get the full 0.5 increase that you can see from a player. Whereas some of the cheaper options that we're going to see they may only need to hit that six, seven, eight points to get their full half million increase. So when you start looking at this, cheaper options, filling in your bench, more potential for rises, four other players on the bench that can get price rises. It's a whole huge strategy thing. It's something we can dive into. So you'll see some of that reflected in our picks. We're going to take some cheaper options, probably try to fill in the bench. And I'm going to work on a special one drop video like Reed's Aruz videos that come out and try to get that to everybody at some point the middle of this week so you have time to digest all that and really dive in deeper on this. But those are kind of the two different play styles we see is do you play for points, do you play for value, and do you play for max value? Obviously, there's the middle ground where you're trying to do both, but some people will sell out and just play strictly value and try to hit all four bench spots with the price rise with 
seven or with the nine or 10, 11 starters, even trying to get them. So it really depends on what you want to do and how you want to play, but there is some inherent benefit in trying to build your value where that extra value later on could help you catch up and maybe a few lost points in these early rounds. So make of that what you will. I'd love to hear more about everybody else's play styles. We're trying to figure this out and what the best strategy is. And we just don't know. So we all still kind of stick with what we know and go with it. And it also depends on what you're shooting for. You could always spend the first quarter of the season working on building your value and then go all in for the last three quarters of the season to try to make the Champions League. So it just depends on where you want to go. But this is a a question every year about value or just going for the points. Or as chat said, is there a, a middle ground? Do you have a, a stance, Christian? You guys really want to know? I mean, uh, in like <laughs> like the Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Um, Ryan's saying pretty much what I believe on the chat. He's saying uh, it means that um, if you're playing for uh, points, just pure points, you're more likely to take more expensive players, which means that you're going to not maximize your price. Uh, I'm sorry. You're not going to maximize value, um, you know, like, and plus you're, you're going to price yourself out of taking any switcheroos, which it's the switcheroos basically that can uh, go a long way of adding value to your team. So like your bench players, your cheap, cheap bench players uh, have a way more chance to, to gain you value just by being on your team. They don't have to, Hall, they just have to get three points and you probably get a price rise. So, you know, um, that's my take on it. If you can fit a switcheroo in, absolutely do it because you're going to get the best of both worlds there. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway for for that price rise question because if you do get those switcheroos, maybe you go with uh, a strategy of going big and you get one player who comes in and gets you a 0.5 price rise but could you have gotten uh two differential players that came in or two switcheroo players who each get a 0.3 price rise and you're going to have a a higher overall gain for your team so it all depends on how you want to to approach it we'll try to do a separate video about uh some of these tactics uh, like blaine said and i'll cover some of the stuff in the the new switcheroo video that i'm working on because if you don't know that that is a a tactic to definitely consider if you're a new player there's an older video over at the mls fantasy boss youtube channel Uh, so if you haven't been there check that out it's the same general info but i'll try to update one for 2023 maybe that you use the first round or two so that you can get an idea of how that works Okay, well, now for the first time, we're going to move into our housekeeping section because there are games and there may be even some player injury or suspension updates. Truly not. We'll find out next in housekeeping. All right, and welcome back for our housekeeping section. Uh, Let's see here. Some small changes real quick for the leagues. Already talked about that in our previous section. Uh, but for the Patreon supporters that we have, uh, a few little changes with the the prize structure or the swag structure. Had a lot of trouble the last couple of years of getting uh, little soccer balls, probably something to do with supply chains and, and just some of the, the pricing and availability there. So I'm, I'm pivoting to maybe some stress balls. I'm trying to get some challenge coins this year. So I have, I'm backdated for some of the previous year 
for for the, the swags to come out but as as you've seen in previous episodes i do have the swag in and once i get everything sorted out for some of those replacement prizes that will start going out and for 2023 i will be posting the poll and using fiverr again so we can work on an alt mls fantasy insider logo to use for our magnets and pens for for this year uh, again if you missed it in the first section Discord codes for the leagues are posted at the Discord. The Patreon leagues are posted at the Patreon site if you are a Patreon member, MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, so patreon.com slash MLSFI. And then uh, the Experts Invitational is up and I'm sending out invites actively for that. Now, this round starts on Saturday, February 25th at 4.30 p.m. with Nashville versus New York City. Uh, but more importantly... I'm going to be at the Cincinnati game opener. Huzzah! So if you are from Houston and are up in Cincinnati, uh, say hello. Or if you're a Cincinnati fan, you can say hello to me as well. So that's going to be fun. Uh, glad to get the the orange kit from last year. Not so sure about the water kit. I think of the three of us here, Christian, your team uh, clearly won the, the jersey design war this year. It's a, a pretty sweet kit. But yes, as far as fantasy goes... Everything starts on February 25th, 4.30 p.m. Nashville versus New York City. Be sure you have those teams locked because we do have rolling lockouts and you'll have time to make adjustments. As far as double game weeks go, there are none, but we do have a buy team this week. And you should get used to this happening because with 29 teams, every week that is not a double game week, we're going to have a buy team. Uh, and I've honestly not looked through all the double games, so who knows what could happen if uh, there's some weird things with schedules at that point. But the, expect there to be a buy team almost every round this year, and that will be excellent for those of you who love switcheroos, as I have already seen mentioned in our chat. And for the first time, I know, Blaine, you have an update for us. Christian's already put out a plug. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, over at the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord, we have what we lovingly refer to as the mega reference. And that is just our community attempt to keep up with players who are on warnings, who are injured, who are suspended, who might be called up uh, or are missing or unavailable for whatever sort of reason may be out there. Maybe they can't come back home from their country. And uh, we're going to have those teams listed there. It's a community effort to kind of fill the gap of what we see as uh, uh, not great uh, reporting from MLS at times for, for actual injury and, and status availability updates. So that is a, an effort that we make as a community. If you want to help, reach out to Christian, reach out to someone in the community, because this really is a, a true labor of love that happens. And we try to give the updates for the most important fantasy-focused players each round when we have them. So round one, Blaine, who do you have? Yeah, um, Santiago Sosa for Atlanta is going to serve a two-game suspension to start the season for abusive language it's carrying over from last year. And Rubio Rubin from RSL is on a red card carryover. So we do have two suspensions right out of the gate. That's always a sad thing to see, but <clears throat> yeah. And then some injuries and absences that we know of. Uh, Nathan for San Jose, who is a Discord favorite, uh, Torres ACL underwent successful surgery for that, but he is probably out for the season, uh, probably the duration of the fantasy season for sure. Uh, Courtney Ford was in line to start at center back for Kansas City, but he ruptured his Achilles and had surgery on that. <clears throat> Meljevic for Montreal, one of their potential set piece takers and their 10 has uh, an injury. I think he went through surgery, maybe not, but it's expected to keep him out for a couple of weeks. 
Um, Aspria in Portland is already in the mega reference. I don't have an update on what it is, but I'm hearing four to six weeks for him. And then I know this one pains Christian, but Reynoso is missing in action at the moment. Um, no real update on what's going on or when he'll return and when he'll return to full fitness, if he's staying in shape where he's at. But that's what we have now. But if you're not on Discord, go get on Discord and find that mega reference before kickoff. Um, everybody's just getting into gear to get that updated. And we'll get it. We'll get news out as it goes. So catch that before game time. But those are the highlights I have for now. And join Discord if you want to keep the get the latest at kickoff time because that's where it is. And we're not going to give it all to you here. Every week, we're going to give you the highlights. Yeah, and the easiest way to find that is when you are a member of the Discord community in our main MLS chat section. At the top right, you will see a search bar. And then a little bit to the left of that, you'll see a little pin icon, like a, like a tack for a, for a bulletin board. And, uh, you know, the, those those things old people use before screens. But uh, if you click on, on the pinned messages, you can see where the mega reference is easily accessible right there, as well as some other little tidbits that you might find helpful as you are crafting your teams each week. Okay, well, that's who's not going to be here. Let's now get ready to start talking about which players we are considering for round one. All right, let's start talking about player targets for round one, starting as always with keepers and defenders. So uh, no updates from Ashley. She did take the time off. So Blaine, kick us off. Yeah, probably my number one keeper for the week was Stuver, but I think the Austin spots are better served elsewhere. And so I'm actually looking at Willis on the front end of the keeper I will most likely have him on the bench just in case everything else goes right and I have money to throw in a later keeper like potentially fry on Sunday um, but I'm also just going to be kind of keeping an eye out on what cheap starters may show up I don't know that there are any under 5 million that are supposed to start I actually don't know if there's any really under 5.5 or 6 that are slated to start but I will be keeping an eye out on that so probably Willis because I want one of the Austin wingbacks uh, looking at Cascante if I can afford him. Uh, maybe it's Lima. I'm going to see at the lineup time and where my budget sits at that moment. But definitely want one of those wingbacks for potential bonus points going at St. Louis. I just I really see this as a spot where you can pick up a lot of points and then just taking some safety plays. Um don't mind Shaq more. It's a little bit more expensive. I think he'll get decent bonus points against uh, New York City. Hit that early game on the bench and run in a rue here. Uh, Yamar on the as a starter against Colorado for Seattle. I just think that's a good one to have in the lineup. Lots of bonus point potential there. And late game, so easy to scrub out if he go if he does or if you do get all your hits and then. Barrial for Cincinnati. I want to see what his positioning is. That's in the second round of kickoffs, but I've got him slotted in there as well on the bench. He has played in a more advanced role in previous seasons, listed as a defender. If he's starting more in the attack against Houston, he's a must-own for me this week. So definitely have him in there to see what happens and then may pivot from there to some of the stronger defenses that I like later in the week. 
but I'm really looking at kind of some of the attacking wingbacks this week and try to pick up some bonus points that way without getting super expensive. I do want to do one update though. Cascante is a center back for, okay. for Austin. Okay. So we had some updates from chat. Yeah. Uh, Lima is one of the wing backs, and uh, Lundqvist is is the other one. But yeah, Cascante is a center back there. There is some speculation that um, Zan Komanich um, mm-hmm. is probably gonna might start over Lundqvist. Yeah, I love Komanich. He's he's in the past been on some set plays as well, and that's been uh, a, a good value for him. Yeah, Not sure how that's. Out. He's taking corners, and I wish he was a locked-in starter because he'd be an yeah. epic piece to have every week. A lot of good depth there, for sure. And yeah. I love the Barrial thing awesome. because – no, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. There, there's also Gallagher that that uh, mm-hmm. could very easily yeah. step in. Yeah, Honestly, that's a good one to check for lineups. Yeah, while we're talking about that, they have three potential starting left backs in Austin. Yeah, And all three of them bring good value to the team. I think Lundquist is probably the best defender out of it. But the other two, Gallagher and Kolmanich, definitely great getting forward and Kolmanich being on set pieces at times. There's three of them. That's why I said I'm going to watch those lineups really close and see what happens. Um, I did say, Cascante, I was wrong. He is a center back, but he's also been one of their leading bonus point getters. So if you just want a safe option, he's a little more expensive, but you get that safe bonus point producer right there. Yeah, and I do love that Barry I'll take. It, it will be interesting because he – has even slipped into that number nine spot before in the past when, when Acosta was gone. So there, there could be yeah. some very he, nice points, maybe situationally, but very nice call out. 7 million as a start as a defender right now, but if which he's is, in an advanced which is crazy. Role, yeah. But if he's in an advanced role, I think it's a worthwhile 7 million to grab. Yeah. We, we shall see Christian. What about you? Well, it's a gamble. Um, I started last year, uh, not doing a keeper route. Uh, to save money so I could upgrade in other positions. Um, I just don't find a whole lot of value in keepers to start the season. So I usually just cheap out, take the cheapest one. Because, I mean, I'm not seeing any clean sheets this week. So you might as well just take the cheapest keeper and stick them on your bench because keepers don't really, um, you know, earn bonus points unless they make saves. And so usually... I'll take a cheap keeper that's against a shooting team. So in that vein, I have Barraza on the bench for New York City. Now, you know, that might backfire because, well, it's six and one because if uh, there's there's uh, some scuttlebutt about how like Hani, Hani Mukhtar might still have a hip issue and might sit out. So if Mukhtar is not there, man, like who's going to score? Seriously, for Nashville. So that's why Braz is that's that's why I have him on my uh, bench right now. And a scrub starting. Um I chose to go big at the back. I, I took Kai Wagner. He's chalk, but um he's good chalk because he's on set pieces. He's on every set piece they usually have. Um uh well he splits corners, but yeah, he's he's on sets. Uh, 7.5 is probably like you have to look at these guys as midfielders, uh, really. And being on sets is a heck of a bonus. Um, I also have Julian Gressel. All right. So, Julian Gressel, week one last year, we were all sold on him, you know, and what happened, you know, like 
Not good things. Not good things. Uh, a lot of people actually captained him, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm getting back up on that horse again because it seems that all through preseason, he has been playing as a midfielder, not on the wing, not as a wing back. So we think that Brown is probably going to start at right right wing back or left back, and Dressel, or Gressel will be um, tucked in and playing more of a number eight role, which <laughs> I see very good things in that. Uh, in that scenario. So he's in my team. Uh, my third defender is Reagan. Um, I wanted Yamar. I chose to downgrade Reagan because Reagan, I think, probably has a potential to score as many bonus points, to be honest. Probably not as many, maybe one or two fewer if we're getting nitpicky. Um, and uh, he's really come into his own, so the Seattle people tell me. So I'm confident that Reagan's going to start and that he's a good fallback. If my complete and total waste of bench fodder defenders tank. Um, and I actually won't even bother saying who they are. So I got two, I got 4.5 to spend on two bench defenders almost every season. First game week, there's always some 4.0 dude that starts. That's who I'm going to end up throwing in there. I guarantee it. So you have you have to watch lineups pretty closely. Yeah, there'll definitely be some good some good value there. I think you're spot on with your your keeper spots. If you just look at goalkeepers and sort by ownership in the game right now, which this is really the only week you could do that before teams start to to be dead. But if you look at that, three of the top five goalkeepers are four which makes me think that a lot of people are just running with with one keeper. And I think that is is a perfectly fine way to go about it. There's not a lot of difference between the points that goalkeepers end up actually getting by the end of the year if you have them starting. And that's that's pretty much what you want. If they start and get those bonus points for actually playing, you tend to be okay. Uh, it's it's going to be a toss-up. I know the big attraction for the Austin players this week is because they're going up against St. Louis, who have had a meh preseason, and we're expecting them to have a, a meh season and and likely be uh, the wooden spoon this year. So that's that's the big kick there. Um, I know a lot of people are also looking at Nashville. I, I'm not sure about them, even though we kind of talked about how New York was in self-destruct during our, our preseason shows. Uh, they were able to get some goals during, during preseason. So... There, there might be some potential there for something to sneak through, which, of course, would be uh, horrible for a lot of people. Um, but uh, Nashville did pretty good during their preseason. They they had that crazy 6-3 against Cincinnati to, to end the, the season, in the preseason part. But uh, they had some some very low-scoring games. So it, it's, it's probably your best shot. I'm leaning towards Willis right now. Um, but again, I don't know. I could see New York slipping, slipping one in. That is the first game of the round, but I, I don't think that's going to be a big deal as, as a lot of the keepers are going to be in the situation. I do think there will be some chalk. I think uh, Wagner is definitely chalk. I think Russell is definitely chalk. And it's going to be going anywhere from there. Um, I've seen lots of different teams with Seattle options, with uh, the the Austin options, which I'm personally looking at, are, are some Austin options right there um 
And even FC Cincinnati, I think you have some other options as well that you could look if you want to go with like a Miazga there for some bonus points. Houston is not a team that we rate high at the at the home stadium after coming off of a great year. Could be some uh, some good points there on defense with offense a little questionable. So uh, going to chat real quick, I think we're seeing a lot of, of the same names right there. Uh, we have actually uh, Blake from Philadelphia as a number one goalkeeper at 7 million. That, that's a lot. That's a lot. I feel you can maybe shift some of that into the front. I'd rather go for a Kai than I would for, for Blake with that. So, um, and then after that, Sean Johnson moving up to Toronto away to DC. I can see that as a potential good away keeper with some question marks about, about DC. So uh, a lot of regular names that we see in the top, but it's they're they're pricey. Skyler did not, mess around so you've got a few options i don't think you can really go wrong though as long as you get a solid good starting keeper christian i'd like to throw a couple names in um by the way one reason why i don't have faith in nashville's defense is because they brought nick to pie and it's fair um so that guy is hot garbage i don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet against new york city um also uh, I want to kind of talk, just plug uh, Mosquera for um, Portland. He's a guy I've been kind of looking at. He's not on my team currently, but he could be on game day. He's uh, he's a shooting right back who loves to get forward. Uh, if you guys know about, uh, like, if you remember uh, – Marrera from Portland at that left back they had a few years ago. I'm guessing he's a similar guy. Like uh, I could totally see us going, okay, mascara is like essential by week four. Hmm. So at I mean, Portland. I, they, keep, they won't keep a clean sheet to save their lives, but this guy's an attacking fullback. So yeah, a lot of people are also looking at, at Rasmussen potentially as, as a 4.5 starter. So, Chad, chat's really getting on us for two things. Uh, one of them I've heard is no Philly, no Philly. Um, Philly is hosting Columbus, and that Zella and Cucho coming in. Like, mm-hmm. I like Philly, and that could be a chance for some good bonus points. But that's also one of the high-powered offenses in the East that I like the supporting cast in Columbus in the attack. This could easily turn into like a 4-3 game for me. I don't want any part of Philly because they're expensive and Columbus has potential to put multiple goals on them. If you want Philly, I understand it. Uh, Wagner is a great bonus point producer and gets those offensive points. I see him as a safer bet. I don't have him because I, I see all this other stuff, but there's that. And then chat is really honest. None of us have talked about Atlanta um atlanta defenders are at san jose coming to town i no think- no i'm picking san jose for that no game. Yeah. Yeah. atlanta um, atlanta gave up goals in every one of the preseason games and i think toronto is that's right i think san jose is looking a lot like they were last year with both scoring and giving up on both sides yeah. i think that's goals on both sides and so no it, it, exactly i think and i was i got called on this last week um i undervalued san jose a lot it's a blind spot for me i, I admitted that I don't think you look at San Jose being that bad anemic attack that's just not going to give you anything. This team can score. 
And I want to see what Gruezo does for this team and how it solidifies that defense and keeps them in possession of the ball longer. Um, plus, Atlanta's just expensive. The only guy I've seen mentioned in chat is Lennon over and over again. And that's if you want those attacking bonus points. Lennon is a is a great attacking option from defense. Go with him if you want to. But I'm avoiding that because I respect San Jose at this point. I think that's uh that's good. If you have other questions, just hit us up on Twitter. Go to the Discord chat. Uh, this is this is a uh, evolution. There's lots of questions that we have at the beginning of the season, and so preseason can only give you so much. But this is this is the fun part of of trying to figure out where these pieces are going to fall. Let's move down to our midfields. Uh, let's start with you, Christian. This time, you know, there's this guy that I'm really high on. His name is Titi Ortiz. You guys don't remember that? Oh, okay, I sorry. remember that. Um, no. Uh, all right. So I might pick another TD Ortiz here. But anyway, um, I'm starting with Lucho. I'm on the fence about Lucho. Uh, Luch Luciano Acosta is who I'm talking about. Um, he uh, He's certainly a fine pick. Everybody is thinking Houston is going to just, you know, like, beg for them to be scored on. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I watched them completely dismantle Dallas in preseason on Saturday or Sunday, I think. And, uh, and they did not look bad. Um, Houston, I'm talking about, like they've got a couple of attackers that are on like quite or um, uppers or something. Cause those guys are like really energetic and, they kept taking it to Dallas's defense, and sure enough, they scored two, and and kept Dallas out of the back of their own net. So, and it wasn't like uh, Dallas wasn't trying to score either. Um, so I'm just saying, I'm not thinking Houston's the pushover we all think they are. So, uh, so I'm on the fence about Lucho, um, but uh, he'll probably be in my team. Um, so. We are talking about Philly a minute ago, and I think that Philly is just going to crush Columbus. They're, you know, they're going to they're going to score at least four on Columbus, I think. And if you look at Columbus's back line, it's I mean they lost their they they sold or traded Mensa, who was the rock in their defense when they didn't have Mensa last year. They struggled to keep the ball out of the back of their own net, and Room is a terrible goalkeeper. Okay. He's terrible. His <laughs> positioning is terrible. His reaction time is terrible. He's just terrible. Okay. So like you're not going to get saved by your goalkeeper. Their best defender in my opinion right now is Williams. And I don't even know if he's going to get picked to start. So I'm picking Philly offense. Okay. Or attackers. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm on the fence though, because it's either going to be Gazdag or Driussi. Um, Driussi, here's another like hot take. I'm not so sure that Austin's necessarily going to walk all over St. Louis either. You know, St. Louis has put up some pretty decent games in preseason. So, you know, like I'm just trying, I've been burned so many times with these narratives that. St. Louis sucks. They're going to get scored on seven, nothing. 
you know, like that kind of narrative. I always go, uh, maybe not. So I don't know if they're going to get that's going to happen with seven nothing. But I, I think if you look at some of the preseason, they're scoring and, and conceding. Um, and I think sometimes when they're scoring, it's when their opponents have on second string. Um, and yeah, that's, that's some possible. of that since some of that score because it because it's hard to get some of those those lineups just like that Houston Dallas game I didn't see the lineups for that uh, but at some of the the St Louis games I was looking at they might get a goal against more of the the A team uh, but then some of the other ones are coming that's against against rotation so uh, but no you're right grain of salt um, but I don't know if it's going to be the well, smashes but I don't know if it's well, there I I don't think okay so like Austin stunned us with a seven what seven one or seven nil result game one last year that's not going to happen again i don't think even though they're playing st louis um anyway uh i've got this guy named ojeda uh he's 6.5 he's from orlando and he is i mean he looked 10 times better than torres did on sunday like this guy is playing he's floating all over the place he's playing as sort of like a false nine, a floater, 10, uh, you know, like he's in the box more than he's out of the box and he's making plays happen. He made like, uh, he was very, let's just put it this way. Um, when they played and lost to, uh, who did they play? They played uh, New England when uh, on Sunday. They lost by two to New England on Sunday. And I have a feeling it had a lot to do with what Reed was talking about they made a few key subs and, you know, they got scored on. But, oh, and also Orlando is missing Antonio Carlos. So, you know, their defense isn't as strong as it should be. Um, so, but he was unlucky to not get like a 15-pointer. You know, like he, we calculated it to be about a six, seven point game for him, uh, which is still decent, but he he uh was very unlucky not to score at least three goals. Um the guy is quality and I'm taking him at six five. He's a steal. And if you don't have him in your team, and this is the TD TD Ortiz moment right here, guys. Mark it down. I'll eat my hat uh if he doesn't do well uh this week. Um uh, I'm not gonna eat Blaine's hat because that's just gross. Um yeah. all right, so not to belabor it, I'm taking Evander as well. Uh, Evander, he's quality, he's shown his quality in other leagues, and um, he's coming here. He seems to have hit the ground, uh, meshed with the team very well. And even though you might think Portland's a hot mess, I still think that Evander is going to be on sets, and he's going to be the guy pulling all the strings. He's going to be uh, Valeri 2.0. That's what they bought him for, and that's what I think he's got quality to achieve. And I think he's got quality enough to achieve that right away. So that's why he's in my team right now. Uh, the fifth mid I have, and I always run five mids, uh, I always start five mids, um, uh, is uh, Nico Lodero. And if Ashley was here, I was hoping she'd be here to like either, you know, frown at me or, or whatever uh, about this. But it seems like at the end of last season, Lodero really started to be his old self. Uh, his fitness started coming back and the hangover from um, CONCACAF Champions League basically uh, ebbed and went away. Uh, he ended up with an average of 6.68 last year uh, and didn't really 
have great games for the first half of the year. So I'm thinking that he's a pretty safe bet as a fallback midfielder. Uh, very high floor. Plus, he's on all the set pieces again. He's like he's on corners at least. I'm pretty sure him and um, uh, Rosnack might split free kicks. And uh, I think Jao Paulo is off of sets, I'm pretty sure. And uh, some of our Seattle friends will probably uh, chime in and chat on that. But um, but that's why I think he's a great fallback this week. So that's my midfield. Blaine. Yeah, this week's been weird. Um, I'm struggling with the – just jump in on Lucho and Dreyusi as the two best midfielders with the best matchups. If this was week five, those guys would be locked into my team. Absolutely no questions asked. Um, but this is week one where one bad game could see you lose a lot of value. So I struggle with just going here. Houston, Houston's a team I want to bet against. But as Christian said, their preseason has not looked bad. They've added some pieces on defense. I think Stairs and Hadabi are a great pairing that are going to trip up a lot of good attacks. It's just it's an interesting one. I think I want more data. Like I'm I'm struggling going with that. Um, so I think I go I pivot from Lucho to potentially Evander. Uh, this is betting against my team, but I think he's on set pieces, corners, maybe even taking penalties for Portland. Like you get a set piece taker like that against Kansas City, who is known to foul a little bit, not as much as some people want to say but they are known to try to take out the main attacking player. And now they're down there. One of their starting center backs from preseason. I just, I think Evander's probably a safer option and a little bit cheaper uh, and stick with three UC. And then after that, I'm all over the place. Um, I had uh, Jose Martinez from Philly in my opening. I love the Cucho Zella thing or combo coming in. But that means a ton of potential points for a defensive mid there who is a little cheaper at 7.5, has a really good average, kept his average up all last season. So I think that's a spot where you could sneakily grab some points for cheap. Um, Are you suggesting that that people take a defensive midfielder? For a guy like Jose Martinez, who has gotten the points consistently and likes to get forward, yes. Okay. Um, In these early weeks – and that's a you, defensive midfielders really don't have a place in this game. But in these early weeks, if you get that really high floor player, old school Ozzy Alonzo, in this these first few weeks when you're looking for price rises, they can be an invaluable asset when you're looking for value. And that's what I'm looking for right now. Another one I hate to look at El Trafico much, but Cifuentes for LAFC is basically their ten. Um, they get a lot of production from the wing players, but I think he's the go-to in the midfield now. Um, he's only eight, so that's not a bad one on this. I like the potential production there. Uh, my sleeper pick, and this has thrown me off because my draft leagues are going, and everybody drafted the other guy. Um, Osorio got benched in preseason for Toronto. And it's been Victor Vasquez getting the first team minutes. And Vasquez is coming in at 6.5 and potentially the starting 10 with Insigne, Diamande, 
and Bernadeschi in front of him, like that is massive point potential for just a 6.5 million midfielder. If he assists in even half of their goals, he's going to get a ton of points this year. And if he's starting over Osorio, I think he's the sleeper. And it's a road game against DC. I expect them to score score a few goals. If he's starting, I think he's definitely in my team. And the other guy I'm watching, if I don't like what things go, where things go, is uh, Castres Jr. for Red Bulls. Just an mm. interesting shout. I like this team. We've got better options at midfield in Lucinius and Morgan, but they're both playing wide. I like those central guys to pick up some bonus points. And Castres is at that lower price point. Could be really easy to slot in early in the season, especially in an Aru. Grab some bonus points and hope for the best there. But I think he's going to be in that position to get a bulk of the bonus points that come from that team. Maybe not the goals and the assists, but he was solid last year for him. Put up good scores in the middle. If he's right back there with a much better attack in front of him, I think his production only goes up from what he had last year. So if he's starting, I'm definitely interested. Oh, you guys, go ahead. Osorio's injured. Ranch just, uh, Ranchinator just pinged up and said, uh, Jonathan Osorio is dealing with a leg injury. Of course, he yeah. tagged Blaine and I just stole his thunder. Sorry, dude. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, that would explain why Vasquez has been starting more in preseason. And if he is indeed injured, uh, and that means Vasquez is the starter, a 6.5 million starter in that attack playing centrally is invaluable to have. Like I, that puts him borderline must own category when you see who's around him and can score goals. If he's feeding that, that's huge. That's debatable though. I mean, like you want to sacrifice a mid slot for a value player like that. I would do it if he was, taking set pieces of some kind i don't know if vasquez can even make it over to the corner stick to be honest but whatever i mean <laughs> so you, you guys know, covered, like, you guys covered a lot of the the main players so i'll just kind of run through uh yeah for me i think evander ojeda drucy probably locks in the team probably fairly chalky right there other two up for grabs some of the other players we haven't really mentioned uh mukhtar hasn't hasn't come up i know we talked about that nashville game uh, some talk about him dealing with a little bit of an injury, maybe questionable for round one. We'll probably start, but still keep an eye on on him for that. Um, I know we talked about El Trafico beginning the season with El, El Trafico, pretty pretty exciting, I guess. Uh, but uh, Puish over there, um, LA's just not scoring a lot. If it's going to come anywhere, it's going to come from him. But against LAFC, I'd right at the top, I, I'd be inclined to to not go from there. I had some talk and chat about uh, DC and Toronto. So of course you've got Insigne there with, with Toronto um, and, and the DC attack. Those are two teams that during our preseason podcasts, they're, they're both kind of wait and see for me. I, I want to see a little bit more DC, this whole rebuild haven't been um, just like tearing it up during preseason Toronto, kind of the same way, just some question marks there. I want to see more, probably be a good game maybe for some fantasy knowledge for me uh, and there will be points so if you pick someone go for it and have fun uh but i i'm hesitant there same thing with heel up there new england on the road has been a little slow during preseason uh charlotte has been letting goals in so i, mean, I think there definitely could be some some road goals in this game 
But sure. uh, heel on the road, not sure. <clears throat> I kind of ragged on Atlanta at the beginning, so I will come back to them here. Uh, I've seen Atlanta kind of go both ways. So if you want to go with someone like like an Almeida there, I think you could. Um, he's he's nine million. I think I'd rather look at someone like an Evander or Jerusi if I'm going to go with that way. I like what you were saying, Blaine, about Gazdag as well with the potential offensive uh, points there in that Columbus game. But I don't know if he starts making that cut when you have some some good options aside. Like Ladero, um, I know we had back and forth. Are we overvaluing them? Are we undervaluing them? Our fear for them was that they're going to be sharing points between all of the options they have up front. But we know Ladero is still going to be a focus. So you could do that. Seattle plays the last game of the round. So you definitely have some ability to use Seattle players as your switcheroos if you want to test out some of your bench options and see if that's something you actually want to do. Um, and then I also want to highlight, if you really want to go all in against St. Louis, which may work, you could run uh, a double with Jerusi and Fagundes right up there at top. If you really want to kind of hammer that down, I'm assuming maybe you then might go with a If that's how super aggressive you want to be. Uh, I agree with Christian. Probably not going to be a seven-goal game against. Uh, have not been as bad as we maybe have expected during preseason, so not necessarily uh, the best option from my point of view. But that's that's definitely something people could do. And I've seen some teams that that have had that. If you people who have shared them in chats of and on and on Twitter, I've seen some uh, teams that have doubled up on Austin like that. Uh, I I don't know. Um, we can see, but. Again, this is time to check some lineups, see some of these teams who are gonna gonna be out there, maybe find some uh, some good value options, like Blaine was saying, who could just slip in there and help you have have a good fantasy round in week one. All right, let's move on to forwards, Blaine. Yeah, I'm pretty straightforward with this one, and I'll throw some other names out here after I tell you who I've got. But I've got uh, Vasquez. Um, there's some potential for or I missed it in the injury report, but Brenner may be dealing with a slight injury or knock, maybe in and out of the lineup a little bit. Not sure if Brenner's a hundred percent right now. That's why he's in Brazil. Oh, that's right. He's in Brazil. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Yeah. So he might that, be pulling a Renoso. Yeah. No <laughs> Brenner means Vasquez gets all of it. That's been the big sticking point. The last mm. little bit is is it Brenner or is it Vasquez? And you're gambling. Do you take both, put them both on the bench and see who hits and then let them auto sub in, whatever it is. Um, if that's the case, I think you look at Vasquez, but but then Christian's got me worried about the Houston defense a little bit. So where do you go from there? Um, the other one I like, it, it really depends on who's starting, but Zardes, I'm assuming, is going to start for Austin. Um, and again, St. Louis, I think you just, you go for that not a super premium price at 8 million. Um, Arudi's also there at that same price point or a very similar price point. So you can, you can easily jump in there. If you don't like that, you take whoever's starting for sporting a little bit later, because I think they're going to get a ton of opportunities and that's not a bad one to pivot to. Um, I like sporting Kansas city this week. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people do. So I, I don't think that's a bad shout. I think the forward in that system is going to feast. So whether it's Polito, whether it's Agata, you can easily pivot from, if you don't like a Rudy, which I'm not an Arudi fan at all. He always screws me in fantasy. 
So if it's Zardes, I want Zardes. I really want whoever's starting striker against St. Louis, but I'm hesitant on a Rudy. So I do have a couple of pivots there uh, with Sporting being one of those. And just kind of taking two and scrubbing the other one. If I don't like Vasquez, if I'm wor- if I'm super worried about that one, which I know that's there, I can't say scrub two, but there's a ton of good names out there that pick up some bonus points. Um, Swiderski is a name that if you're scrubbing Vasquez, you drop half a million off, you go for a Swiderski who's looking like he's going to be playing the 10. And really, if you're looking for points, if you're looking for whatever, you kind of have to look at that. But you also want to look at who's not going to stick to your own picks, dude. What? Stick to your own picks. I'm just talking through my stuff. I don't even know what you're saying. But you look for somebody like that who's got the bonus point potential that's not going to hurt you if they don't get that goal or assist. Because the biggest thing I worry about in the early rounds is, okay, I love Zardes. But if Zardes gets a two in that Austin game, what type of value am I bleeding off my team right there because my forward got a two? So taking somebody who is a little bit lower ceiling but a little bit more bonus point heavy could be uh, just a huge advantage in the value game going forward. Christian. Oh, it's okay. Blaine already talked about my picks. Oh no, I, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, so Swiderski is in my, I'm actually starting him. He's not even on my bench. Uh, the reason for this is because uh, someone pointed out to me earlier that um, New England likes to give up penalty kicks. And so Swiderski is on penalties. It's not Copetti, Swiderski. And also he's on all sets. Basically, why wouldn't I not, why would I, why would I not take a forward at home uh, on all set pieces against a team that has the best goalkeeper in MLS? Yes, but um, they do like to give up set pieces. I don't know if New England's going to keep him out of the back of the net. So he's in my team. I also have uh, Nias Goda on the bench. I'm not really sure if Nias Goda is a great pick or not, but he's $7 million. That's all I have left <laughs> um, in my budget. But I'll, uh, oh, I'll, go speak ahead. On, I'll speak on that because I don't actually hate that pick at all. Um, sporting down forward uh, – is susceptible to balls over the yeah. top and playing between the lines. And Nisgoda and Portland are a team that can capitalize on that. I, If Moore is starting, I would say don't touch him, but Nisgoda has the potential to get behind the lines. That's what I think, that. too. And, and at that price point, that's a great shout for a value forward that's not going to hurt you too bad if he doesn't get his goal. Yep, totally agree. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of different forwards in and out, uh, you know, I have fear of missing out syndrome um, with LAFC. I really wanted to have, I had Vela in there, believe it or not, for a couple days and right. even had Opoku because Opoku has been starting and I love that guy. Like he is good, uh, totally underrated forward. Um, and he's been scoring in preseason, preseason as well. Um, but it looks like he's going to get, you know, uh starting role with that team, which is great for him. And 
he's going to do probably way better than uh, uh, certain people named Brian Rodriguez ever did. But, uh, um, but yeah, I had LAFC. I had, um, I even had Ferreira because I'm, I'm talking about uh, Jesus Ferreira from Dallas until they really couldn't break down Houston the other night. And uh, I really think that Minnesota is probably a wooden spoon contender this year, guys. I really do. I think they're terrible. I like, I think, I think Adrian Heath is like spinning a narrative that just is absolutely delusional. He, uh, he was quoted the other day as saying, uh, I think we have the team to go all the way to the cup. I'm like, what are you even saying, dude? You're embarrassing me. <laughs> like, I couldn't even believe that it actually came out of his mouth anyway. Um, so yeah, like maybe pick a Dallas forward. If you're, if you want to beat up on the weaker teams, you know, or at least the, the teams with weaker defenses, that's definitely who you want to focus on for forwards this week, because they have the highest chance of, uh, you know, scoring goals and actually making value. Um, so that's me. Uh, we had a question about about uh, Joseph and Chad. Haven't seen him do much during preseason, so uh, not not sure how that's going to be uh, for me. I, I will say to you, Blaine, you mentioned Cincinnati. Sergio Santos has come on in some of the preseason as of late, taking goals away. So it may not be put all of your eggs into the Vasquez basket. And there was there was splitting going on when Brenner was there. So both of those people up top, you, we could see Sergio Santos being an option. He's 2 million cheaper as well. If you're trying to save some money there at 7 million, uh, again, going down through the lines, people have Vela as some of one of the, the top forwards. Um, I don't know if that's the best option with, with uh, LAFC, but uh, we can see they're on the road. If you want to go with that. And it is, I know LA has given up, but you never know what happens with an L El Clasico. I, go ahead. Yeah, on the Vela train. I'm not never Vela this year. Like, I'm not starting off with that. I'll want to see what he does. But I mentioned it last week. I think the Galaxy are going to be one of those bunker and counter teams. Mm -hmm. And with, and I, I like the shout that Christian had with the Poku. I think they've got a good attack here. But I want to see if they can break down a hard bunker like I expect the Galaxy to throw out there. I can't, in good conscience, recommend anybody on the forward line for LAFC just because I don't know what they're going to do. I said, I said Sifu on the other one, but I think if you're going to break it down, your 10 is going to get a lot more of the ball and they're going to be what, doing what 10. Yeah. Sifu's the closest thing they've got. That's why I like him. And at a cheaper price, but yeah, I just, if galaxy really pack it in with five in the back, like they're kind of set up to do, I could see Vela not having enough space to work in this week. I mean, I'm kind of fine if they pack it in and Vela doesn't have enough space because I think it may actually be Bolonga that you want to look yeah. at yeah. as I was about to as the that. option. So he's he's done well during uh, preseason uh, with at least what three three goals in the last couple of games that, that they've had, and so um, it's 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 an El Tráfico. You never know what's going to happen, but. Uh, those games can can be pretty high scoring, and I think that would be Buanga, who I'd be looking at. Eight million, not bad, cheaper than Bella as well. So if you're looking at at LAFC, then I think that's pretty good, pretty good shot. 
Uh, I know you also mentioned uh, um, Cucho up there with with the Columbus attack. You're kind of talking up the Columbus attack. Nine million is not one I've seen in a lot of teams. Not one I'm I'm really going for. So Ooh. that's the back and forth with that Philly Philly conversation you have there. Um, I mean, I think I'd rather go for someone like Anagata over over him this week because I have of that. a stat. Yeah. I don't know how accurate this is, but the gist of it's accurate. Uh, Philly has shut out Columbus in like a ridiculous number of home games so far. Like in the you know like that's, they that's like half Columbus a stat, Christian. It's half a okay, whatever. It's a stat anyway. Somebody in chat, like, please save my bacon here because that's a that's a stat I want to see with the with the. Zella absences because he's been injured. Help Have they gotten those shutouts on on Columbus when Zella's been out or when they've been down their starting strike? For sure. <laughs> like someone said it was like the last five or six games. Yeah. In Philly, Columbus has been shut out. We'll I see what happens. Like five or six. It might even be more. Yeah. Somebody look it up. I'm too lazy. Yeah. Kucho's too expensive for me to even consider this week, but I do respect that attack enough to not go full in on Philly's defense. I just, yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see. And finally, let's wrap everything up with captain picks. Who are we looking at? Blaine. Um, it's Drew UC against St. Louis. I'm going to go full homer on the rivalry and think, and I, I'm going to double down on it with what I said last week. I think St. Louis could end the season with the worst goal differential for an expansion side ever, just because I don't see where they're getting goals and I think they're going to give up goals. So it's Drew UC to get that goal differential train started against St. Louis. And I'm going to lock that in now. Christian. God, I'm on the fence. It's, it's probably going to be Drew UC because of the uh, ownership, but I really kind of want to go Ladero. I don't know. Why? Well, because he's he's probably the most stable one of the five that I've got on my field right now. Like, he's the most reliable. Um, Driussi is 1,000% goal-reliant. That's the problem. He doesn't have a floor. He does. He's not on set pieces. We got lucky last year. Well, not lucky. I mean, he has skill, but you know, in fantasy, we got lucky because he scored so many goals. Um, I just don't know if he can replicate that. Players rarely do, so I don't know. I think everybody's sheeping on captaining Driussi. Frankly, part of me says don't do it. I might captain Lucho. Um, that'd be on. Uh, that'd be on my short list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucho would be. Yeah. Uh, I might even consider Swiderski, frankly. Um, just because, you know, I want to captain somebody that's, you know, not going to like come off early. I want somebody that's going to stay on, and I want somebody that's on set pieces. I want somebody who's got a reasonable chance at a floor of like five, six points at least. And those are, in a nutshell, who I pick usually. And right now I'm just on the fence. Last year, everybody kept Captain Gressel, remember? Um he might actually be some kind of a – you might actually see some teams with Gressel capped. Um, I wouldn't do it, but 
did everybody Captain Gressler? Did everybody Captain Vela? And he got a two. No, that was the year before. The, that was the year yes, before. both always. <laughs> yeah, every uh, si- the last two years. Okay, Claxon Alert, Ryan, whatever. The last two years, everybody's clear consen- consensus captain pick bombed, bombed. Like everybody started out throwing their computers out the window. Last two seasons. For me, Drew's is right up there. Trying to avoid that. Uh, ha- and that was for Gressel was also because of the hopeful uh, defensive bonus points as well. Uh, for me, I think Jerusi is up there at top. I-, I do also like Acosta. Those are probably one and two that I'm looking at right now because uh, with with Vasquez, with Santos, there are options up there that he has for generating bonus points as well as attack himself at home. I'm not as concerned about Houston. Perhaps that is, is rose-colored Homer glasses, which I have not often been able to wear. Uh, but I think Acosta is probably one of the top three captains opening for this round one. Heading over to the chat, chat real quick. Yeah, Acosta's up there. Uh, people's names. Uh, and most of you guys have started them on a discussion about previous year's captains. Not helpful. Not helpful. What will be helpful, though, is when the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord has its player and captain poll back up. So you can expect to see that. Maybe not round one, uh, but we will do what we can to get that back up where the community will vote on the players, including captain, so you can get an idea of what the general Discord community is thinking. And Christian helps a lot with that. So appreciate that work uh, right now, Christian. Thank you. Uh, What? Yep. Just thank you. That's all. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that is all that we have for the show for this week, uh, round one. Hope we gave you some options. There'll be some more articles coming out from MLSFantasyBoss.com that have additional player tips and thoughts about teams if you want to go check those out. Uh, but I'm going to throw it over now for our plugs. Blaine. Uh, just this awesome community that's always there for us when we need them. Hit us up on Discord. Go join the discussion. There's so much fun information floating around. And I'm sure if you join tonight, and you watch for the rest of the week, you're going to change your picks a hundred times between now and roster locks. If you don't, you don't really know how to play fantasy. (laughs) Yeah. But that's just what these guys will do. You'll have, you'll be sure thing. Like I want this person and they're not leaving my team. And all of a sudden they're not even on your radar anymore. And you're looking at everybody else. That's what this community does for you. Uh, Go join that conversation because it's way too much fun. Christian. I'd like to plug the uh, MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. Obviously, uh, it's the place to be for this game. And maybe and we so, have our lineup bots back. Well, let's not get carried away. We have <laughs> we didn't we never really lost them for more than five minutes, but um, we'll see. We'll see if Elon Musk uh, hates the world like we kind of think he does. But anyway, um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. And of course, for me, MLSFantasyBoss.com will have the podcast and we'll have more of the articles coming out this season. We'll have uh, Tyler Differentials coming back out with a new graphic. Excited to debut there. Uh, Christian's going to help us out with the player polls and uh, we'll see what else we can throw up together for you all to enjoy. Don't forget to check out uh, the Patreon for MLSFI, patreon.com slash MLSFI to find out how you can help support this podcast, help support this project and get some cool swag in the process when I get my button gear and send them out. Uh, but I will do that uh, with hope faster than MLS sends out their prizes. I still have time. 
And uh, yeah, the Discord community, it is it is absolutely fantastic. Love interacting with you all. Feel free to hit up us up on Twitter as well. We're always happy to help this fantasy community grow. And for the first time at the beginning of the season, good luck. <laughs>